Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hey guys, I have with me today entrepreneur, millennial, and Gen Z career mentor, Matt Matthew Stewart. Matt is the co-founder and CEO of National Service Group, or NSG, which operates College Works Painting, Empire Community Construction, Home Genius Exteriors, and SMJJ Investments. Under his leadership, NSG grew from a small Southern California-based business into an international company. Matt serves on the board of multiple organizations, and he is a past chair of Entrepreneurs Organization, a worldwide business network. His accolades include the Excellence in Entrepreneurship Award from the Orange County Business Journal, the OC Metro 40 Under 40, and Ernst & Young's or EY's Entrepreneur of the Year's Award finalist. He's passionate about mentoring millennials and Gen Z and shares his entrepreneurial insight with high-profile publications, including the Wall Street Journal, ABC, CBS, Inc., and many more as the host of the Edge of Excellence podcast. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Virginia. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I, so I, you heard me give just sort of a brief overview of your career, uh, you know, your bio, but I would love to hear from you a brief overview of your career history. Oh, well, that wasn't very brief, but I, 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 I did enjoy listening to it. I might play that for my wife there and kids. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, and, and our leadership, you said my leadership, our leadership. I have three partners and uh, in our core business. And then every okay. business we do, we have partners everywhere that run the businesses. And I believe in democratic uh, leadership. So we are a democratic company. But I, I, I went to school in Santa Barbara. I went. I grew up in New Mexico. I moved there on my 19th birthday and I was going to be a lawyer. And I think a lot of your listeners probably face what I faced. I didn't know what was out there. I didn't yeah. know what my calling was. And people, when I was growing up, kept saying, you should be a lawyer. You should be a lawyer. Well, I don't like school and I'm <laughs> definitely not a perfectionist. And I think I would have been a mediocre lawyer. And, and there was this company that taught kids business. And I was an intern for the company. I ran this little painting business and I found business was probably my calling and the company fell apart. So my partners and I restarted it over a few years. And, and I really be, that is my calling. So we have, we have these other companies that you mentioned, and I've had quite a few different businesses, some that worked out and some that didn't. But what I really am deep down inside is someone that helps people advance their careers. And that's what we did at the Entrepreneurs Organization. We helped entrepreneurs become better entrepreneurs, learning and growing. And that's what I do in in College Works, which I still work at College Works. My other three partners have gone off and work in our other businesses. And then as a as a hobby, I help uh, my friends, kids and my kids, friends, find their careers as a career coach or, or get into college as a amateur college coach. So mostly I'm just a person that likes to help people find their passions. I love that. I love that. And so obviously, since you have been an entrepreneur for years at this point and you've held many roles, um, worn lots of different hats, have you had a favorite role? Yeah, my favorite role is working with college students at College Works, yeah. and I didn't know that that was my favorite role. Maybe some of your listeners are in a job and they're thinking maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And I heard some of your uh, episodes on 
uh, like Tracy Harper on on confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I was sitting here and I thought, well, maybe something's better somewhere else. And I went and we had a chemical company and I worked there and I did that uh, global EO chairmanship where I went all over the world, which was close. But I keep coming back to the same thing. I like working with young people that are energetic, hardworking, go getters. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they have inside of them. And I like helping them unlock that. And, you know, as like I said, as a hobby, I like talking to young people and helping them figure out what it's going to be that they wake up for every day and just get excited about going to do. And I think if you've got some listeners that are wondering, maybe the grass is greener on the other side, I should check out some other career opportunities. That could be true. Um, In my case, it wasn't. I came back to what I was already doing. And so the fact that young, you know, young kids are are still trying to figure it out. Is that what sort of made you passionate about mentoring younger folks versus, you know, all, all the people maybe our age that are starting to, you know, do their next round of career pivots? You know, that's an interesting question. I, uh, you know, I, I belong to these business groups that, you know, a lot of people that are CEOs or entrepreneurs belong to. And we sit in these little circles and we help each other out. And I get a lot out of, you know, people that are in my age group or my experience mm-hmm. group being able to help them out. But, you know, the the people that are younger, I think oftentimes are discounted. So I like the impossibility of like our, our college works business was the biggest painting company in the United States. And it's all people that are 20 and we only do business in the summer. And I thought that was, you know, an impossible thing to have happen. I like seeing people that, you know, just, I like to be at that start where they just don't know because there's so much um, traction and so much progress that can be made quickly. Um, But I I think honestly, the main reason I work with the younger group is because that's just where I started and I stayed there. Well, it, you know, and if you lay a really strong foundation, then I would, I mean, they're, you're giving them all the tools to succeed so much more quickly and, and to be happier earlier. Well, yeah, and happier. I, I was thinking about, again, about uh, Tracy Harper's episode that I listened to, and she talks about confidence. And you talked about the name of her book not being Now Grow Up. Um, you know, I forget <laughs> what the name of it was, but something to deal with confidence. And I think that, you know, a lot of it is, exposure early, understanding early, confidence early. My goddaughter just graduated from college and she doesn't know what she's doing right now. And, you know, I'm going to spend some time talking to her to help her figure that that out pretty fast because you don't need to know what you're doing for the rest of your life. You need to know what you're doing for the next year. Get some experience to give you that confidence. That's exactly right. And that is the advice that I would give given myself 30 years ago. Don't worry about your big grand career. Think about the next couple of years and take it from there. Um, but your demographic is exactly the age of my kids. I have, I have four kids. One graduated from college last year. One's in college and my younger two are twins and they are graduating next Friday from high school. So well, congratulations. Would, thank you. I know empty net, not empty nesters. My friend calls it, um, parents of free range children, which I love. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on, how the educational system that we have now and maybe specifically in college, I suppose, might be missing the mark in terms of helping prepare our kids to enter and succeed in the workforce. I think what it takes to get into college is not what it takes to get out of college. And so you need to get into college and you hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. My kids play sports. They don't have time for a job. Wrong answer. And I've got a buddy that's a 
a big time uh, agent. And I, I live in the, near this neighborhood that everybody plays baseball. And I said, how many of these people will end up being pro baseball players? And he said, one every five years. It, yeah, it's, it's, I saw that, like the number of kids from the World Series Little League, the Little League World Series, like how many of them went on to play in college, much less MLB players. And it was minuscule. Yeah. So you have these parents and and this college school system that focuses on you need to have the best grades, the best test scores. And let's throw some sports in there. And, you know, you can have a you can have a job, but that doesn't look as good to some schools. Mm -hmm. And I think they're missing the mark uh, because. Nobody ever asks what your test scores were unless you got a 1600. Everybody wants to know about that. Right. Or unless asks, you're going to grad school right yeah, after. Unless you're going to grad school. Yeah. Um, the, the, the tests, you know, some people are horrible test takers, but wonderful in their jobs. They're just not great at the test. And I think they're missing the mark on what it takes to get into college. And then when you're in college, the employers all say the same thing. They want experience. And there are some mm -hmm. colleges, Northeastern, Babson. I, I just did the college tour with my daughter. Uh, there are <laughs> some colleges that really focus on co-ops and work experience and internships. Most don't. Most colleges don't even really track what happens to their alumni as far as employment goes. And they have their career center, but the career center is a money making venture and they're more concerned about who's paying them than what's going on with their students. And I think it's a sad, sad disconnect. I, what I think that colleges should add, and I should probably work harder at getting this done, they, there should be at some point in time, freshman or sophomore year, some sort of class with personality testing where you figure out who you are. You take a disc test or strength finder or whatever it is. You figure out who you are, and that's half the class. And then the other half the class is what jobs align with who you are. And they don't do that. So people, I wanted to be a lawyer. I'd be a horrible lawyer. I'm not detail oriented. I meet people that want to be accountants. They'd be a horrible accountant. My <laughs> wife went into sales. She's totally the wrong personality for sales. And so if they did a personality test and the match you up with the career, I think that'd be a great step. And I think they really should push the experience. Um, and you know, my, I have a son in college as well. He had to go get a job. He learned how to speak and talk and communicate working behind the counter of a restaurant. He learned about effort by getting fired by at another job. Um, he learned about independence by getting his fourth job. There's so much you learn by seeking and acquiring a job. And the, the experience you need to excel in, in the professional world uh, is different than the experience you need to excel in college. So you still need to be smart. You still need to problem solve. You still need your math. Sorry if you're listening and you hate math. You're going to use it uh, all the time. I know. What's to my chagrin, right? <laughs> you're still going to need to know how to read and write. So I have a poli sci degree that was so good for me for reading and writing. Um, you're going to need all that, but you're going to need more than that. And oftentimes the schools don't care and therefore the parents don't care. So if you're a parent listening right now and you're thinking your sons or playing football, your daughter's playing lacrosse or whatever the sport is, and that's all the focus they need. I hate to say it, you're wrong. They need a job to learn some of these basic skills. And, and in College Works, we give a questionnaire and you have to say yes to four of these five questions. Did you have above a 3.0 in high school? Um, did you play varsity sports? Um, did you have a job? Um, uh, for three years or more? Did you work 30 hours or more in at least one of those years? And then the, the final question is, is your major one of the tougher majors? And we measure the success of the people in our in our internship program 
They're 256 times more successful if they say yes to five than to three, which is amazing because you learn so much. You learn a lot being on a team and you learn a lot being a member of that team. And if you make it to varsity and if you live in California, it's harder to make it to varsity than it is in New Mexico. Doesn't matter. But you've done what it takes. That applies to the work world. Um, and then if you get into the work world uh, and, and more hours and more time, you have more problems to solve, more communication issues. I mean, I was fired from I can't even remember how many jobs. <laughs> and so I wasn't a great employee, but all those experiences made me a better employee. So I, I think that there's a major disconnect and I think they really should look at it. And like I said, I think Northeastern, please let my daughter in and Babson mm-hmm. and a few, a few other schools do a really yeah, good we have, We'll have to compare notes because I'm not. Now on, I just finished up my third and fourth round of college stuff, and I definitely saw one or two schools that were amazing with their career centers. I felt like they were focused on the right stuff, and other ones that just aren't. you didn't even hear about it. It wasn't even yeah something that got talked about. Right, um, right. So it's interesting on the sports front because yeah, my kids were all involved in sports as well, but I the one that was uber involved in sports and barely had time. I was like, you know what? Then you need to start a tutoring business. You need to do something because yeah, you need something. to. But I feel like there are lessons that you can learn from sports that are valuable in the real world, like time management, like perseverance, you know, teamwork, all of that stuff. But how you become, you don't learn any job search or any networking or any of the other things that you need to do to find a job and do well in your career through sports because you're, you get into it differently. Your parents enroll you in things and then you know, you train, it's a totally different way of succeeding once you're in that, once you're an athlete. Right. And, and I, I believe in both like Deion Sanders yeah. and those commercials that you and I used to watch. We, sh- we should have the, our kids doing both. And if you are a kid and you didn't work in high school, that's okay. You can start working mm-hmm. now. And if you right. are, if you did a bunch of things and you didn't do sports, that's okay. You can join sports now or find a different way to develop those team building skills and that accountability to a group and working with your peers and leading your peers. There's so much that's fantastic about sports. My argument is you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. It shouldn't be the only thing. No, I agree. And there are so many, now with with everything being digital, there are so many ways to squeeze a job into your time that you couldn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, no. you've got to go off and do it. And I'm I'm fighting that battle with my daughter right now. And, you know, if you're if you're in the young group, you typically go off and you apply for one job and you wait and you don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And then you go apply for another job and then you tell your parents, OK, I can't get a job. And then they redirect you. But, you know, that's not how you get a job. The way you get a job as a teenager, as a 20 something, as a 50 year old, it's all the same. You put you make a job out of getting a job. You put a lot of effort into it. And it's hours a week. You do extra work just like you would in college or high school to get an A. Uh, That's what you do to get a job. You read up on the mission, vision, values. You understand what they're in the news for. You understand where they're going. And then one thing that people miss is you bundle it. So you don't go out and do one interview a week or put in one application every two weeks. You bundle it up so you're going through the process at the same time with a bunch of different opportunities. And I get people that call me up and they say, I had one call me up. I got this job at this uh, um, sandal manufacturing company, a company that makes flip flops um, and and really wanted a job at Nordstrom's. And 
was holding out and ended up having to say yes to the sandal company, knowing that she would later tell them that she wasn't going to work there. If Nordstrom's had said yes to her, you don't want to put and she didn't have to lie. And I helped her get through Mm -hmm. that without lying. But you can put yourself in a position where you don't have to do that by bundling the effort. You apply to send in 20 resumes at once, which turns into 10 first interviews at once. It turns into five second interviews at once and turns into three or four job offers at once. So it's all so so you can choose your it's almost like a bidding war if you're selling your business. And I think people miss that element um, and, well, they and miss- it makes in that way you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. Um, yeah, and you've, yeah. lost, you've lost so much time if that one opportunity doesn't work out. Yeah, I saw it with my son. He came back from college. He thought he had a job. The job didn't work through work, work out. And it took him four weeks to get a job. He only had 12 weeks. He worked 263 hours that summer and uh, he had a big bonus awaiting him from me if he got to 400 hours and he didn't hit it because he put all his eggs in that one basket. So you gave him a time limit on how much you need to spend job hunting? No, I uh, my son is uh, like a Harvard trained lawyer that's also a Berber rug salesman and negotiating Uh, against him is one of the most difficult things I ever do. (laughs) So I wanted him to work full time, but I had to break it down to exactly how many hours and my, my kids have to pay for everything themselves. So I said I would get him a car if he did this. So this is the biggest bonus and he didn't do it. He still got to get the car, but he didn't get the car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you, you've answered some of my questions, but I'd love to, to hear from you. Like if you if you could make wave a magic wand and think about other types of instruction or programs that you think operate and would give students the biggest ROI um, and also make parents that are footing the bill happy. You know, you've, you've listed the idea of, of doing a personality testing and then a second half where uh, people where you align your personality with potential job paths. What are there any other courses or education that you feel like would help kids to be able to hit the ground running when they graduate? Yeah. And if you, if you think back to your college experience, I bet it's the same as mine. The classes you remember weren't the ones you were there for. Like I, I, I have a degree in history and political science and I remember some of those classes and I really love those two majors, but I remember my geology class. I remember my sociology class and you know, there's, and I remember them because they helped me with my life. And I've never forgot the concept of scientific imagination from sociology. So when I, you know, I I go around and I do a lot of speaking and I work with a lot of uh, um, people that are in the college age. And nowadays, the number one thing they're looking for is time management training. And there could be they at my son's high school. They had kind of a life skills spring break week where you would go Hmm. do these different life skills and learn them. And the colleges could do something like that where they rope in time management and they rope in organization and you don't need to spend a whole semester on it. Um, but maybe they could couple in some other life skills like that. And you back to the sports. It used to be that, um, you'd go to school and your, your sports were at different times on different days and your games were different times and different days. And you didn't have a cell phone and you, I mean, you had a watch, but you kind of had to figure it out. Now mm-hmm. everything seems to be kind of in the same order a lot of times, and you don't really have to think about it um, until you get a job. Another reason to get a job because it challenges your routine. Um, yeah. And it seems to be that they don't have as much practice figuring out their own schedules and their own time management. Um, 
as and adapting we did, as things change, right? And, and adapting as things change. Um, so learning, you know, how to prioritize, how to uh, how to combine tasks to get more done, how to make time for fun and take breaks and the importance of breaks, how to organize. I think there should be some more effort into time management. And, um, you know, I, I wrote a little I do a little hour long speech that's on YouTube um, that's that's pretty popular. I get called up to go into places and do the same hour long speech all the time. In one hour, I can teach time management as long as people practice it for a couple of weeks. But I think they're missing on I think they're missing on the the base level, the soft skills. Um, you know, I think everybody should learn sales. Uh, and, you know, if you're in yeah. science, you know, I want a science. I want a doctor that can sell me. Because, uh, you know, I didn't do physical well, everything, therapy. Even if you're selling yourself for a job, you're right. Those that's everything. what I wish that I'd had. Yeah, everything's sales. So if you're a doctor and you're prescribing physical therapy, you better sell it to the patient or their thumb will be like mine and it won't work. If you're going to get a job, you're selling yourself. If you want your date to go to the movie you want to go to, you're selling yourself. I think sales would be a really good focus and a core curricular class that everybody should have to take. And I think that would be a, a full semester and yeah. with practice. Maybe they actually sell something. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, those are the three I, I, I think are missed time management organization sales. And I also believe in the uh, general education requirements where people get to try a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And again, those were the classes I remembered the most. Yeah, no, me too. I, I could not have been more liberal artsy. I was journalism and sociology with a minor in cultural anthropology, but I, I learned so much about people. And, and that is classes. really great for later in life, right? I bet people hate right? traveling yeah, unexpected. with you. you yeah. <laughs> you, you and I tell everybody all the stories and they get sick of hearing us. That's so funny. Um, so what are what are some of the bigger mistakes or biggest mistakes that you see young people, early professionals make in terms of career planning or job search? You mentioned the one, which is putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, well, I think that and you mentioned the second one. I think people think a lot about what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And my brother's a, a big wig uh, a tech executive. Mm -hmm. And I had him on my podcast and he said, I always I always focus on the next year. And if you're in tech, you know, sometimes you move around. And my brother's, you know, he's been chief of staff of Microsoft. And I don't know. We don't ever really talk about work, but I know the company he works with with now is pretty small. And he had to uh, kind of try it out and see if he could if that was a good fit for him. And in his mind, he committed to a year. And I think one of the mistakes people make is when they're young, they're thinking, what do I have to do for the rest of my life? And, yeah. you know, the, they did a study. They I don't know who they is and when the <laughs> study is, I don't know. But I remember there was a study and they said that that the millennial generation was going to change their careers six times. And I'm not talking about change their company. They're not going to be an accountant in one company and then in another. They're going to be an accountant, then a lawyer, then a coach. They're changing their career six times. Wow. So, so I think it gives more comfort if you stop and say, I don't have to figure out my whole life. I need to figure out what I'm going to try the next year. And I hate the word try. And I really hate it when people come work in my business. I want them more committed. But realistically, lower the commitment level. So we mentioned you mentioned that I mentioned the uh, um, bundling. I, I think a third one, and I mentioned it briefly, you have to make a job out of getting a job. So the yeah. amount of hours it takes is more than you expect. So if you're three months away from the summer and you need a summer job or you're three months away or maybe six months away from graduating, start earlier. 
um, plan pessimistically, um, plan on spending five, 10 hours a week. And there's five or 10 hours a week because you're writing different cover letters for every company. You're researching companies mm -hmm. at least an hour a company. Um, you're turning in these resumes. Then you find out nobody answers. So you're making phone calls. And, and so I think that's the second one. Third one is if you're going to grab a drink off your desk, you grab it with all five of your fingers. Um, you don't grab it with one finger. And when people go looking for jobs, they're they're using one finger. They're going to go do Indeed only. Um, well, you have your network. You have your family's network. You've got the online stuff. You've got career centers. If you went to college at your past college or the college you go to, you know, there's five things that you need to be doing to get the job. And, and again, I, I had a friend's son who was looking for an engineering job and he sent out 110 resumes and he goes to Berkeley and he's got great grades and he got nothing back. And then he finally calls me and I, you know, referred him to a friend. He got a job instantly. And I said, Stephen, you got to use your network, man. I'm mm -hmm. one of your stakeholders. I care about your life. I was in your Y guides group, man. And I think people forget to use, you know, their all five fingers to get a job. And, you know, your, your whole discussion is storytelling. So these people have experiences that on paper look totally unrelated. I think another thing that people miss is linking them together and telling a story. So, you know, if you were in the cooking club and you had a job at a restaurant and you're in design, how can you put that together in a story in either your cover letter, or your resume to show that for all your life, you've been pursuing this job in an interior design company? Because it may not look like that if you don't put the story together. Well, and it depends on what your um what the end target is or the target for that role. That's you pull, you, you, you weave the story for each and you one. context and experience based on whatever the target is. And you're not lying. So a lot of times no, yeah. I, I, I think people don't like to sell themselves. They don't want to quote brag. Well, then you're on Instagram. So quit fooling yourself. You're bragging all the time. <laughs> they don't want to brag. This is the time to brag and they don't want to lie. And I don't think you should lie. But you don't know which job's perfect for you and you don't know uh, which career you're going to love the most and you don't know which company's going to hire you. So you, if you're looking at five different companies and five different industries because you just don't know, there needs to be five different stories that basically tells the reader of your resume and your cover letter that all your life you've wanted this job. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I saw another weird a study that showed that a huge percentage of jobs that were created that are the top hot jobs now didn't even exist 10 years ago. So in yeah. terms of giving peace of mind about making a big fat plan, you don't even know what jobs there might be to have. Yeah. And, and every single um, industry has every job. So you you're into tech, but you're an accountant, be a tech accountant. You're into engineering uh, and you like rockets. Be a rocket scientist. You can go into any industry with any career. Everybody needs HR, accounting, sales. All of it exists everywhere. Yeah, no, I agree. With and that. that kind of speaks to one of your podcasts I listened to about finding Sonia Price. Uh, oh yeah, aligning Sorry your passion. And, yeah, aligning your passion and <laughs> your values to your career roadmap. If you're interested in something, if people are interested in tech nowadays, but they're an accountant. Well, great. Every tech company needs an accountant.
Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, let me, uh, I just got sidetracked because I got the alert. I thought I was using my paid account and I'm not. So I got the alert that this is going to run out of time in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, reflecting on your own career journey, what advice would you give to your younger self? Patience. Yeah. And my my younger self comes from a generation of people that were more patient. Now you've got Instagram that's feeding every few minutes and your uh, TikTok videos are a few seconds long and we've trained people to be less patient. Um, so I would I would say to myself, be patient. You don't have to be the CEO by the time you're 25. I, I was always comparing myself to my business partner that was better at me in a lot of different things. And I had to be better than him in, instantaneously. And comparison leads to unhappiness. And so I'm not saying don't compare yourself. I'm not saying don't try hard, but catch yourself. And so I would I would tell myself to be more patient uh, in my early career journey. And I would tell myself to be more open to the strange thing. So I, I ended up working for a painting company, but it was weird. Why am I working for this painting company if I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer, though, um, and I didn't understand the link. And as you look out there, there's all sorts of different businesses that may not seem to link to the future. But if you dig into it, they do. And and if you focus on the the core of whatever you're looking at. I'd probably tell myself, what are the core elements? I had a job at a law firm. Great. It was a law firm. I highlighted the phone bill. The core wasn't very great. Um, so what are the core? Uh, what's what's part of what's the job description? What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be learning? And late in life, I, I at that at the entrepreneurs organization, they had a value of thirst for learning. And I was unaware of my own values. And and one of them is to have a thirst for learning. And I, you yeah. know, every, every horrible experience is a learning experience. So I guess that's sort of being patient, but maybe look for the good and the bad things that happen. Don't well, and, that, and by being open, there might be, if nothing else, you might learn what you hate or as long as there's a learning from every role to me, there's no there's no downside to that. That's how you explore pivots and learn what you what not just what you're good at, but what you're good at that you like to do and that someone will pay you to do. Yeah, learning so what you don't. Yeah, learning what you don't want to do is fantastic. Now, I don't want to be an accountant, but I'm a CEO, so I have to read have the to accounting reports, right. but I don't do it all day, every day. Um, right. And so le- learning what you absolutely hate and then also learning what you don't want to do five days a week, nine hours a day, but you can handle once in a while. That's right. That's right. All right. So you wear a million hats, lots of different companies. What is next for you in twenty rest of 2022, 2023? Uh, well, uh, we are, uh, my, the College Works business is new every year, which is kind of a dumb business model, but new employees, uh, <laughs> new new customers. I don't know, it uh, keeps you open, right? Yeah, so <laughs> we, we, we are working our strategy and my day job is uh, driving that strategy. And so we're growing that business and, and changing. Uh, we've got our other companies that are, acquiring different businesses and growing. So for 2022 through 2027, I'm going to be working diligently on our business, growing our business, tightening our business, um, getting our business ready for the next level. And and I really, people, people tell me I should start charging for my services, but I really enjoy working with high school kids, helping them get into college. So I try to pick up 12 
high school kids a year. So I'll do another 12 next year. And I really like working with people. Most of them that used to, that were alumni of college works, helping them find their careers and Virginia, I'm going to work on being a better husband, which will involve <laughs> therapy and reading because they don't tell you this when you're young, being married and being a parent are the two hardest things you're going to do. And my wife and I do pretty well together, but I need to up my ante there. And that is my goal for the next year. Oh my goodness. I love that. I absolutely love that. You're right. You're parenting and working and be married at the same time is is not for the faint of heart. That is for sure. No, they don't um, have so, the instruction manuals we need. Yeah, I wish they did. Um, <laughs> so in terms of how people can find you, I've, on your bio, I've listed your website, thecollegeworks.com, but also your LinkedIn profile. Is that the best place for people to stay connected with you? Yeah, people can reach out to me via that. And I'd love people to check out the Edge of Excellence podcast, which is designed for people that are looking to figure out careers. So I I kind of took what the colleges were missing and it's career exposure. We have people that come on that do different things and they talk about what their path was and what they do to kind of broaden people's horizons. For example, last week we had a person in the HVAC industry. Nobody even knows what that is. But there's tremendous opportunity if you've got an engineering yeah. degree in that industry. Um, so we're trying to expose people, love people to check that out, too. Oh, gosh, I will. So I'll include a, a link to the Edge of Excellence podcast in, uh, in the show notes. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me, Virginia. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.